Now let's take our Bibles tonight and go immediately to the Word. We are prepared. We're ready to receive what the Lord would say to us tonight. And I want to invite you to the book of John, John chapter 16. And I want to build on what Dr. Rutland started this morning in such an incredible message on life in the Spirit, the influence of the Spirit in us. John 16, as you're turning there, I'll be reading verse number 7. John 16, verse 7. The Bible says, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. This shocked the followers of Christ. They couldn't wrap their minds around how it could be better if Jesus was to go away. But he's showing them that if they trust him, he would send the advocate, the comforter, the counselor, the guide. Adding to this verse, turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, turning over to Paul's writings now, Galatians 5 and verse 16. The Bible says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Notice the influence of the Spirit of God. What I want to walk into tonight with you in this message is if we are receiving the Holy Spirit, if we are infilled with the Spirit, uh, what should we expect to be different this week? He, Dr. Rutland, did such a great job in showing us it's about everyday life. It's so much more than a church service and the added blessings on having a great church service. But it's getting up every day and realizing that Jesus wants to do the day with us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so in this verse, Paul says, let him guide you. Notice the detail. We're talking about six billion people on the planet and God is saying the Spirit will guide you. The Spirit will guide me. That he is interested in the details of life. Ephesians says, don't be drunk with wine wherein there is excess, but be filled with the Ruach, the the Spirit. Be filled with the influence of God. Don't come under the control of that which will destroy you, but come under the influence of the Spirit of God. Let it be the influence of your life. Throughout the Scripture, the Spirit of God is likened to rain and fire. You see this this stirring of God until it's like flames of fire in your heart. Then in those dry times, we have the rain of the presence of God that just refreshes our souls. All of that is, that is such a blessing. My focus tonight is this. If you're infilled with the Spirit, you're going to see things differently. I want to make this as practical as I can and believing that if this is practical to everyday life, we'll see how powerful the Spirit of God really is. If I am doing life in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, then I believe I will see things differently. My focus will be the kind of focus God wants me to have. I was going down the road sometime back in my Tahoe, and a little rock hit the windshield, and it put the smallest crack in the upper left part of the windshield. And I found myself... Focusing on that little small crack.
crack in the windshield. Here I have this entire windshield, but my focus is pulled to this little area. And the Lord just seemed to say, that's like life. We can get focused on the lesser thing and forget the greater thing. And when I started focusing on that little small problem, I started to veer out of the lane I should have been in. Now, I corrected that, but you realize when, as I was losing focus, I could have gotten hurt. I could have hurt other people. The body of Christ is hurt when we get our eyes off of the greater thing and put them on the lesser thing. We can get distracted in our, our life, in our journey, and when we get distracted to the lesser thing, we end up damaging the future God had for us. The Spirit's work is to keep our focus on the greater thing. I call it an inversion. As you're infilled with the Spirit, there's an inversion that happens in your focus. How will you know this week if the Spirit of God is influencing your everyday life? It will be an indication to you in the way you focus on the greater thing. The way you see things, let me try to illustrate. If you've purchased a camera in recent weeks or months, you know the technology of that camera is far greater than a camera 10 years ago. And so you take pictures with that new camera and you see things clearer than you did from the last camera. Maybe you see things you didn't even see with taking pictures of the old camera. As the technology has advanced, so the picture has gotten better. As we're moving from analog to high definition, we're seeing a lot of people on TV run to the plastic surgeon because high definition is revealing what analog could hide. Makeup can't hide from high definition. And so as technology is increasing, we're seeing things that were already there. But we just didn't see them. As the ability of focus increases, the picture changes. I want you to note this week, if you see some things differently. See, we've got to take what happens here on a Sunday and see if it plays out on Monday. Ask yourself throughout the day tomorrow, am I seeing life? Am I seeing people, parenting, marriage? Am I seeing it differently now that I'm doing life in the Spirit? Paul said, may you be given the Spirit of wisdom so that the eyes of your heart are enlightened. The work of the Spirit in me enlightens the eyes of my heart. The word enlightenment means to see what is already there. So if I am filled with the Spirit, I will see things differently or see things that I've not seen before. Oh, they're there. I just hadn't seen them. This change occurs. I'm showing a shift will happen when I'm doing life in the Spirit. Around the second grade in elementary school, boys, we had a certain way of looking at girls. And something changed by around the fifth or sixth grade. When I was in the second grade, there was a girl in my school called Carol Cootie. 
Yes. And our thought was, sugar, sugar, dot, dot, have you had your cootie shot? Because if Carol Cootie came around, you didn't want... So, you didn't want to get the cooties. And it's interesting, by about the fifth grade, all of us who were calling her Carol Cootie are now sending her notes saying, if you like me, would you please check yes? What happened? We saw her differently. Something changed. When we do life in the Spirit, the way we see certain things should change. This inversion occurs. And let me reference a few. The first inversion that I would like to talk about is commitment over convenience. Throughout the body of Christ in America, we have become more convenience-driven than we are commitment and resolute in our hearts. And so in the local church, we find ourselves trying to be like Walmart or Target and make it as easy and as convenient, as trouble-free. We try to meet every need, take care of every little situation because in America, we are very much about convenience. There's nothing wrong with anticipating needs and accommodating uh, those needs, but if we put convenience over commitment then we need an infilling of the Holy Spirit so that it's commitment over convenience. I want the assembly to look more like the book of Acts church than the present day American church. When we study the book of Acts, we see men and women who put commitment over convenience or none of us would be here today because the New Testament church would have been stopped. It could not have gone forward with success unless those men and women had a deep commitment. You can see that as you study the book. One inversion would be the eternal over the temporal. There is coming a day when we will all stand at the judgment seat of Christ. And I want that to be the best day of your life. One of my responsibilities as a pastor is to try to pastor in such a way that that is the most awesome day, the day that you stand at the judgment seat. But how often I'm convicted, how I miss that right now, and how I embrace the moment and engage my heart and receive the empowerment of God has everything to do with the life I live and how it will be on that day. So easy to be temporal and lose sight of the eternal. Here's how I will know if I'm walking in the spirit. Am I more convenience oriented or am I committed? Am I seeing things with an eternal focus or a temporal focus? Let me insert here before I go to the next Analogy, and that is we are in a culture that is going to require that we are built as the people of God on a firm foundation. The enemy is testing. The enemy is, is putting an adversity and such an influence in this culture that unless we are built on a firm foundation, then we may be shaken off of the very theology on which we're built. I pray 
that this work of the Spirit of God in us will put such a resolve, stability, that we would be established by God until we're not a fickle, here today and gone tomorrow kind of a church, but we are a church that prevails in strength and influence because we are anchored on the rock and empowered by the Spirit of God. Eternal over the temporal. And then let me just touch on spiritual over the physical. I would use that, those words in how we view people. Our burden for people that are lost. Do we see them as lost or is it all about you know, the relationship being strategic, whatever they bring to, to my physical world. And I forget that they have a soul for whom Christ died. Let me illustrate this way, how easy it is for the church to get off original mission. And it, it, the Holy Spirit will keep us on original mission because the Spirit's job is to bring Christ before us, to reveal Christ, to testify of Jesus. The office of the Holy Spirit is to lift up Jesus in our thinking, in our hearts, and through our ministry. And if we're missing that, then we need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit so this inversion happens. And it's commitment over convenience. It's eternal over the temporal. It is seeing the spiritual heart of a man or a woman is more important than anything else. And we don't worry about how they look, how they dress. But we are concerned about the condition of their souls. The church bolted out of the upper room with a passion to do the great commission. And they turned their world upside down. This inversion will cause me to see the need of the lost. In Rome, you can go into the great cathedrals. I've read of one where you walk in and it's 12th century and amazingly preserved. You pay a little more money, you can go down because in that day they built on top of history. There are layers in this church. You can go down this stairway into what was the 4th century church. And then you can go farther and it becomes catacombs and they believe that Second century Christians would gather in those catacombs and they would worship God. There was such persecution that they would have to gather by night and seek the face of God. So walk with me, if you will. Let's say we're in the second century church. They were on mission. Let's come to the fourth century, into the 12th century, and now the 21st century and ask, are we still on mission? The tendency as we build on church history is to go through the cycles of church history to where we have to have a fresh move of God so that once again we are concerned with the condition of lost souls. Let's be the kind of people so infilled with the Spirit of God that we are people of commitment. We are people focused on the eternal. And we are people who care about lost souls. See, that's how you can measure the Spirit's work in your life. This week, will you see commitment 
and be energized? Will you see things eternally? And will you see people the way the Lord would have you see people? Let me try one on financially. Before salvation, we see all of our resources as ours and and, and that we did it. We're self-made. Once we're saved and we grow in the Lord, we realize that everything that we are and everything we have comes from God. And so an inversion happens and we don't see what we have as ours, but as God-given. See the shift? And that the ability to, to have a check, God gave me that ability. God gave me the job. God gave me the talent to do the job. God opened the doors for me to have the job. And so when I received the paycheck, it is a blessing of God. And so because an inversion has happened in the way I see life, I find it easy. I, I find it a blessing to then take a tenth of everything that I have and honor God with what we call the tithe. Now, how many of you remember a day where tithing was difficult, you, you were unsaved, you, you didn't even, you thought people who tithe were crazy. You got saved, started walking with God, and now you see it so differently. Something has happened to the way you see. God has enlightened the eyes of your heart. You see, if you're filled with the Spirit and you're doing life in the Spirit, this inversion will happen and that you will see your resources differently. Let me just encourage you in that one discipline. If you struggle with tithing, I want you to know that a work of the Spirit is to help you see life the way God would have you see life. Until you see what you have as a blessing from God. And you are nothing more than a manager. And the way you manage what you have is going to have everything to do with what God can do with you in the future. And so may you just see it that way. And may you honor God with the tithe. Now, here's what I see as the work of the Spirit. It is this inversion takes place, but as we move forward as the church, as we are moving forward, things will hit the windshield of life. And it's the work of the Spirit that will make us unflinching. When that rock hit my windshield, I, I flinched and then I focused on the lesser things. The Holy Spirit wants to work so in the assembly until we are unflinching. As the enemy hits the windshield of our vision, trying to distract us on the lesser thing, that we are unflinching and we keep our focus on the greater thing. And here is a word to us. If we are unflinching, we will be unstoppable. Now, this is how we measure the work of the Spirit in our lives. This inversion happens, and I see what I should see, and then because I'm filled with the Spirit, I have the power to stick with the greater thing. See, there may be times I I, I struggle in one of these areas, but I know what's right. It's the Spirit's power to then help me to stick with what's right. This is why I want us to be filled with the Spirit in this day of of such inconsistency and unfaithfulness. May the Spirit show us that He's called us to faithfulness and then empower us to be faithful. And if the enemy would want to threaten our faithfulness, the Spirit would rise within us and give us the resolve, determination, and passion to continue being who God has saved us to be. A strong church. 
Not a weak church. But a church that is filled with the Spirit of God. So I wanted this to be as, as practical as I could possibly make it because it's important to me that we take out of this room what we are told and taught, what we hear preached into everyday life. So now I have an assignment. This is the way I can be a a doer of the word. I test my attitude toward commitment. Eternal things and lost souls. And as things hit the windshield of life, here's a great prime illustration. We're going down the road of life and we come into this economic season different than anything we have seen in years, and some say ever. Isn't that interesting? And now we can say, this is a tough time. I'm going to tithe, but I'm going to quit until this economic season has passed. Now, the Lord has shown us the right thing. Now we have adversity. This economic crisis has hit the windshield of life. Now it's the Spirit's power to help me to stick with the right thing. Now it's very practical, but amazingly powerful. So tonight I say, come Holy Spirit, because I need thee. Oh, I need thee. I need you because left to myself, I'm going to move toward convenience. Left to myself, I'm going to be about temporal things. Left to myself, I will not care about lost people. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy power. Come in thy own special way. Would you pray with me tonight? Lord, I'm so thankful that in your plan... You determined to be with us, Emmanuel. You determined to be a guide, a counselor. You determined to be our strength and our power. You determined to do life. Lord, all of the Old Testament is you trying to come down and and be with your people. The burning bush, the tent of meeting, the temple, a place. Lord, there was a veil, but the New Testament came and Jesus was born and he lived sinlessly, gave his life, but rose again on that Sunday and 50 days later. You did an amazing, amazing work. On that day of Pentecost, the priesthood of a few was blown out as the wind of the Spirit blew in the priesthood of many. Now we all have access to the very throne of God. Now every one of us have this opportunity to have a relationship with you so that our Christianity is not just a concept. I thank you, God, that your spirit is present in this room right now. I certainly need you. We need you because we want to be a church that sees life through your eyes, that sees life the way you would have us to see it. Enlighten the eyes of our heart. With your eyes closed in the presence of God, have you, have you been seeing life the right way? If not, may the Spirit fill you tonight and 
bring that adjustment, that inversion. This is such a good word to all of us. Whether you are a parent, husband, wife, in every facet of life, we are required to respond in how we see what is unfolding around us has everything to do with how we respond to it. I pray, Holy Spirit, I would see life the way you would have me to see it. 